Mayfield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. I don't know. Fired up. Fired up. I do know. It's not an I don't know situation. And instead of dragging me down, the antipasto you brought in. I mean, mod on. This is this is good. Good stuff. You ought to say that. I what? I thought that was like a curse word. Um, the tomatoes that you don't know what you're going to do. Oh, I saw um, this. Great idea. Sean said, take those tomatoes, slice them in half, put them in a pan with olive oil, garlic, basil, and chili flakes. Toss in some cooked bucatini, which you should have had for your carbonara yep. about three weeks ago. Top with Parmesan. Done. All right. So I'm going to do that. There's also the um, – what's uh, dang, what's the – it's a really simple pasta dish. It's literally just like pepper, water, and like some cheese. Faccio de pepe. Something like that. Close. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. I want to try to make that. I'd too. like to try that. Yeah. That would have that, that has a little fire in it. Miles Simmons is with us. Miles, it's uh Chef JVT Tuesday here. How you doing, buddy? Uh good. Just make sure that you use more garlic than you think you should for that pasta with tomatoes, chili flakes. I make that kind of pasta all the time. But it's a, the key to me Ooh. is yeah, it's one of those things I do well, and and, and get a little unsalted butter yep. to finish the pasta with right at the end as you're sort of tossing the pasta in the sauce. You get a little unsalted butter, a little bit, maybe a little quarter cup of that, and you just kind of it makes the pasta that much richer. You might also need uh, a little bit of the uh, pasta water. You know, just add a little splash of that in there, depending on what you want your consistency to be. Yeah, it'll be it'll I be fine. I knew we would jump all over this. The pasta water thing is actually <laughs> I knew it. I've been reading, I've been trying to research more stuff, Miles, and like because I like to cook, but I've been trying to get better at it. And yeah. uh, the pasta water as a as a cooking utensil is one of the things I never really knew to use, and it's been awesome. yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that I had to pick up too. But yeah, I mean, as I work from home and get to watch a lot more cooking shows as background noise, like that is that is one of the things that I picked up. <laughs> that is, uh, I watched. So you'll appreciate this, Steve, because your TikTok algorithm algorithm is clean and not, um, you know, similar to I don't know, a sixteen year old boy. Um, <laughs> none of that stuff. There's an Italian chef that I follow. He's out in like out in Italy, and he's got this nice like outdoor kitchen. Yeah. So I assume he's very rich and famous over there. But every time yeah. he he tosses the pasta, he goes the. Calls it the sound of love. Oh, oh okay. Mm. All right. Okay. All right. Everyone gets worked up on TikTok for different reasons. All right. Oh. Pasta water. All right. Uh, Miles Simmons is with us. Pro Football Talk. So, you guys had this story break the last couple of days about Jimmy G and this addendum G. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a story. I think there's a lot there. Yet, I'm hearing from others like uh, NFL aggregator, now insider Ari Miroff, um, that there's nothing to see here. I'm hearing from local guys who cover the Raiders. There's nothing to see here. There is something to see here, right? This is a little weird. Yeah, I I don't think it's a complete non-story. I mean, I think it's being blown up right now in part because of what time of year it is and because there's not necessarily that much else going on, right? And frankly, it's not something that I was paying all that much attention to over the weekend because I was on a little bit of a mini vacation. But I think, you know, (laughs) if... We are going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and what was going on there with the Raiders. I, I think that whole weirdness of the uh, tw- pushing the press conference for 24 hours, right? And then we had, oh, well, it was no big deal. It was this, it was that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't no deal, right? It, it wasn't nothing. Because if it were nothing, then the Raiders would have just signed him and they would not have had him go get foot surgery and he would not have to be out perhaps until training camp. So all these things do make a difference. I mean, I remember last year 
when uh, the Colts were looking at different quarterbacks, right? In part, they decided to go with Matt Ryan over trading for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo because he was not going to be available for the offseason program because he was recovering from shoulder surgery. So all these things make a difference in what is the composition of a team, right? Jimmy Garoppolo has not played in Josh McDaniels' offense since 2017. That's a really, really long time ago. It, it's a really, really, really long time ago in football years. So all of the reps that he could have gotten in the offseason program, trying to establish chemistry with Devontae Adams, right? Trying to get himself more entrenched as a leader of this team. You don't have that because, and not just because of the contract, because of the foot surgery, which then added on to, okay, we have this contract addendum. So, I mean, I don't think it means that Jimmy Garoppolo is not ever going to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that that's something that's like, that's worst case scenario. And with Mike Florio, he always goes to worst case scenario. And sometimes the worst case scenario actually does happen. But in this particular case, I think, like you said, Steve, it's not no deal, but it's not the biggest deal in the world. But doesn't it and like doesn't it also tie into what we saw from Devontae Adams, right? They're not seeing eye to eye on offense comments and you know, there's like it's been an off season of like nothing to see here, but like there's consistently something with this team and like that's kind of troubling because you mentioned like the worst case scenario. There's a reality in which the quarterback rotation is Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer. Like that's for a team that's been selling winning and got rid of at the very least an average quarterback to move in this direction, that's kind of a big deal. Hey, put some respect on Chase Garber's name, man. Oh, sorry. All right? You're right, you're right. Come on. You know, there are three quarterbacks other than Jimmy Garoppolo on that roster. But no, I, I think you're right. Look, it, it it does shed some light a little bit probably on what Devontae Adams was talking about. I'm sure he knew what was going on with a Jimmy Garoppolo. But at the same time, again, I mean, he came out and publicly said, like, look, don't twist my words. It's this, it's that. At the same time, there's only so many word, ways that you can twist somebody's words when it's a quote, right? So it's not like he didn't say what he said. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's hard to see the Raiders being a great team this year. You know, it, it's to me, it's realistic to think that the Raiders could be worse in terms of their overall record than they were last year. The, the issue is though, what are you building, right? And if Mark Davis believes in what Dave Ziegler and what Josh McDaniels are building, that kind of doesn't matter. You know, you're going to have a very competitive AFC West again, I think. You know, not it's not necessarily going to be gangbusters like everybody seemed to think last year, and then the Broncos peed down their leg, and the Chargers kind of peed down their leg too once they made it to the postseason. But it's going to be tough for the Raiders to compete if they don't have a quarterback situation that that is a healthy and B, I mean, lends itself to uh, being at least an average to above average NFL offense. Win total for the Raiders right now is seven and a half. The under is minus one sixty. You can get one forty on the over. You bet the over? Uh no, I'm not. John, uh, under with a sprinkle on worst record in the NFL. Ooh, what are the odds on that wow. one? Wow, about eighteen to one, something like that. Really? Yeah. Again, now this is not a slide against Raiders. So like, like going down the path of of your boss over there, Florio. Right. Worst case scenario for the Raiders if Garoppolo is not available for a vast majority of the season with a defense that doesn't look great. I like it is. I think at least more probable than that price would indicate. Well, and. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to play this game because I don't like it. <laughs> and I, you know how I feel about the draft. But, but yeah. Caleb Williams at number one overall, 
I mean, that's probably a guy worth tanking for if yep. you are going to tank and nobody actually tanks because if you say tank, you're either joking or you're lying because that's the way things have to be in the competitive NFL. But yeah, I think worst case scenario then can turn you into not so bad case scenario if you end up with a Caleb Williams or, I mean, the Drake May kid from uh, uh, North Carolina, who's not necessarily somebody I've studied all that much because I've watched Caleb Williams because I live in L.A. and he plays in L.A. I haven't watched that much UNC. So there's a silver lining if things really, really do go that poorly. Miles Simmons is with us. Pro Football Talk. You know, I was just checking your Twitter account. Did you make a big change on your Twitter account? Where's your um, – you had a pin story up there forever. Did you I find, did have a pin story up there forever. Did you finally change the, it? I, I unpinned the story. It was, a, it was a John I, Gruden mention. Why'd you do that? Uh, I, I thought it was no longer relevant, and then lo and Uh-oh. behold, look whose ass is in the yep, news yep, this week. Yep. JVT, you got a question <laughs> about uh, Johnny G? Uh, I just wonder what the optics are of that, bringing in, Jimmy, or bringing in uh, John oh, Gruden uh, to work with Derek Carr given what we know about John Gruden. Yeah, I don't I don't love it. I mean, I think that there's a reason why he got fi- well, he, why he resigned before he could get fired, right? I mean, and you know, as I wrote in the story I wrote on uh PFT today, look, those emails were racist, they were homophobic, they were misogynistic, they were sexist, and he wrote them, right? So that is what it is. Now, Dennis Allen, uh, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, said today that, look, everybody in the building felt like that visit was beneficial. And I don't think anybody's ever kind of questioned uh, the offensive mind of John Gruden, right? I mean, we've all known that he can coach offense really well. I think that, you know, if you watched the Raiders from 2018 to early 2021, there were some things where you're like, really? Is this the best we can do? Um, but also look, he still does know things about offense and he knows how to communicate with Derek Carr. And I think just from that surface level standpoint, yeah, it makes sense for the saints to bring in somebody like a John Gruden to work with him. Now, the other thing that makes it easier for the saints to do this than maybe some other high profile teams is that the saints are not a high profile team, right? They are in new Orleans. There's not necessarily as much media coverage of things that go on there as there are with these really, really big nationally relevant teams. I mean, if if John Gruden were to have gone to the Jets, for instance, then this would be a much bigger deal. But I think in part because New Orleans can fly under the radar as they have and as they will continue to do, then this makes it easier to stomach. But, you know, I can understand why some people would be a little bit upset that somebody who had to resign his position over things that he had said in company emails you know, to, well, to company emails from ESPN that went to league officials and also to high-ranking team officials, why should he still have the privileges of going around and being basically an NFL consultant for organizations on the record and basically on the books? Yeah, I, I can see why people would have a problem with that. I mean, people like media members or fans of the team or, I don't know, players in the locker room too? Like, maybe? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Yes, yes, all of the above, right? I mean, and, you know, but like I said, it, when it's a New Orleans issue, um, it's different than it would be if it were a New York, a Chicago, a Los Angeles, a San Francisco issue. Remember, John Gruden, about the only time he spoke on this whole thing afterwards was at the Touchdown Club in Little Rock 
just a yeah. little up the road. I was thinking it was in Baton Rouge, but it actually it was in it was in Little Rock. So playing football in the South, coaching football in the South is, as you pointed out, much different than some other areas. You're an NBA guy, but I don't know if you're just a Cavs and and you know because you're there in LA and a Laker onlooker. Heat and the Nuggets. Does Miles Simmons care? Uh, yes, I, okay, I care a lot. Right, I will be right. I will be tuned into the television. I am one of those people who really likes the idea of heat culture, which I think I understand why people find that really, really annoying in much the same way that people kind of found the Laker, excuse me, the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors going back and forth in the finals where that for four years, like they kind of got bored of that too. But I think that there's something really kind of cool about greatness um, and watching greatness and greatness in sports. And like Pat Riley is one of the, to me, kind of Mount Rushmore figures in NBA history because of what he was able to do as a player, as a coach, and now as an executive. And so I don't think that Miami is going to win this series. I think that uh, Denver has been the best team of the postseason and they are rested and they should have also home court advantage because it's up in the, you know, a mile high Denver and whatnot. But I, I think that there is really something to be said for the culture that um, Pat Riley has created with the Miami Heat and how everybody buys into it and how they are such a cohesive team. I wish that they had just won that thing in six games instead of sending it to seven, but I, I, I do really enjoy the, the, what the culture is in Miami, the Heat culture. I think it's kind of cool. Can we build on this a little bit? John, you too? Sure. So what exactly goes into the culture? I'm, I'm fascinated by cultures. So what do you think it, yeah. what do you think it reps, Miles? I, I think it's about the kinds of players you have and how they mesh with the kind of coach that you have and how they mesh with the kind of GM slash team president in, in uh, Riley's case and ownership, right? It, it's how can you get everybody pulling in the same direction and making sure everybody is selfless, right? That they don't necessarily care about who gets the credit and, you know, who does what, it's how do we fit together as a team and how do we get to a point where we are all so cohesive as a unit that the collective sum, the collective is greater than the sum of its parts. And so I think that's part of what's so great about it. Because look, I mean, the Heat were in 8C. They should have lost ostensibly to the Chicago Bulls and now they were able to to get themselves to this point. I mean, being an eight seed and being in the NBA Finals is really hard to do. Being up 3-0, losing three games in a row, and then going on the road and curb stomping the Celtics at home in game seven, I think there's something to be said for that. You, Not all teams can just do that. So that's one of the things that I just, I respect a lot. But And, and I don't want to make this just about the heat. I mean, Michael Malone has done a fantastic job with the Denver Nuggets, right? Jamal Murray has been fantastic. You know, you got somebody in uh, Joker who makes shots off one foot like nobody's business and he's seven feet tall. So this is a great, great team that Denver has too. It's just that you don't necessarily have the longevity of the storylines that you have with the heat. Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. Pro football talk as well. Are you going on vacation soon? Um, you take a couple of vacations, man. You got, you got like you got like six weeks here to take vacations, nice. then football's back. Well, 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I said, I was out of town for Memorial Day weekend. Nice. I went and I saw some friends in Kansas City, had some barbecue, did some fun stuff. Like I, I, I get a little bit of time, but you know, there's also there's still work to be done. There's still like, we got OTAs this week, we got mini camps this week. I'll be on PFT Live on Friday, so we got work yeah. to do first, Steve. Where'd you get barbecue? Uh, Barry Odom, the coach of UNLV, I think shouted out. Uh, getting these threads, I can't remember. I'm getting old. He, he, he shouted out. Uh, I think you might have mentioned both Arthur Bryant and Gates. Yeah. Uh, so my friend who I stayed with lives down the street from both Gates and Arthur Bryant. So like that's something that if I live there, I don't know how I would take it. But I almost always go to Arthur Bryant's when when I'm there. You know, we get some uh, burn ends. Love a burn end, and also pulled pork. It's my favorites. My buddy also got the sausage there this week. It was fantastic. Nice. Uh, we also went to this other place called BB's, which was a little bit disappointing because it was just very bland. The meat was not seasoned very well. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like if you gotcha. go, it's like going to New York and you get pizza, you know, it's going to be baseline decent pizza. But other than that, like you can get, you know, decent pizza anywhere in New York. It's like going the same with Kansas City. It's going to have a baseline decent barbecue, but when I go to Kansas City, I want my mouth to water. I want to sit back and be like, mm, my man. And I just, I didn't do that there. I was right. a little disappointed. Everyone ready for dinner now. We were talking pasta water to start. Now we're talking uh, ribs and barbecue. Nice job. Oh, yeah. Nice job. See you, Miles. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, Barry Odom with uh, Arthur Bryant and Gates. I like Gates. Uh, Joe Esposito was a Las Vegan. Now he's with uh, UMKC, or as I like to be called, the Kansas City Ruse. He shouted out Q39. I like... Uh, Joe's, I like Jack Stack. How weird is it for two people as part of one show to actually admit they sort of vacation fun pass to Kansas City? I mean, it's never on my list, that's for sure. I'm going to San Francisco this summer. <laughs> the barbecue didn't amp it up for you? I mean, we actually just had barbecue from a local joint. Well, I don't know if it's local. I think it's local. Um, out here just the other day. Okay. I love barbecue, but I also don't. I'm not You're not going to well build a vacation enough. around it? Yeah, no, no. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. I asked the guys, I'm not a superstitious guy at all. So I was game for whatever they decided. I mean, it's their moment. They want to pass it around, great. If not, that's fine by me too. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. The Campbell Cup. No one would touch it. Didn't Jimmy Butler do the same thing in the NBA? Yeah, it was actually great. So last night, um, he's being interviewed by Ernie Johnson. And, you know, generally, when you're being interviewed, you want to hold the trophy while you're being interviewed. So Bam tried to give it to him, and uh, Butler gave him up. I'll hold the next one. Yeah, we want comment. to touch the next one, and that's what John Marcheseau said, or uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, or Marshy. Um, yeah, we like we already we already did this. We all touched it last time. Yep. This is me, not the French Canadian thing. You know, his accent. It's me. Yeah, we're like we already did it. Okay, I'm not touching it again. We want to touch the Stanley Cup. Which, by the way, are we going to get a chance to? Uh, do I get a? Do I get a redo makeover? Is this confirmed yet? What's going on here? We need a redo. You had a chance well, before. No, no. Uh, yes. The the rumor is, I'm just I'm hearing I, my my phone was blowing up with text and I needed to get on the phone today, but I ran out of time. Um, we might have the cup in the building, Stanley Cup. And the last time they brought the like, cup I've in got the a building, cup right here. No, the last time they brought the Stanley Cup in the building, 
We did an interview with the guy who handles it with the white gloves and the tux and everything. I think you just and interviewed the And then after the show, everyone, after the show, everyone's like, "Hey, you want to take a picture with it?" I'm like, nah, "I gotta go." I don't think and I, I would... wa- and I walked out. I don't think I don't know if you were part of the show back then. No, but it's a long time ago. I feel like so I'm not an athlete, obviously. I'm not, but like I don't hate the cup. It was just no. like I don't really need a picture with it. But that's so that's but my people thing. People love the cup. People love the cup, and I understand if you're a hockey fan and all that. But I just feel like. It is something to like. These guys are fighting to earn a right to touch it and do right. all that. Kind I of don't stuff. deserve to touch it. Right? Like, why would I then go and you know? Right. I'm because g- I did a bang up interview right. with a guy that wears white gloves. Let me ta- let me take a picture of. Him. There's a good chance that, I, that I'm probably gonna have some food on my hands, and then I'm just gonna smear it all over the cup like I'm Phil Kessel or something. What, I, only Phil gets to do that because Phil plays. If the interview goes well enough, can I pour like liquor in it and drink out of it? That let would be great to be like you. I mean, you let them go crazy with it. Yeah. Why can't the radio guys eat out of the cup? Eat some macaroni and cheese out of it. Uh, right here, you're any pasta, bro. But you make another load of this. The guy with the gloves on, try to stop me. Mm-hmm. How how awesome would that be if, like, without even warning him, just distract him? Because the way the studio is built now, right? We could we could actually block him and have him on one end, and he's trapped over here. And then I just walk over and dump a Tupperware of food in there and start eating it how, before he can tackle me. I'm going to look this up. Do they have a dog? Do they bring like, is there like a, is there like a security well, that's, dog? That's what like I was going to ask. This dog with the cup. Just... It's, see, here's the thing. Yeah, it's 34 pounds. Yeah. He can't be traveling alone, right? So he's got cup guards? He's got to. Okay. Or like a beat up Volkswagen. By the way, I have. Just like driving around. I have no idea if this is going to happen. That was all Ari's story, so I, I, I think it's here. I don't know. We'll see. I'll come back. We'll see. I got to mention one more thing on some of the storylines developing. So, Marshy, with the backing of Butchie, Bruce Cassidy said, hey, you do what you want, all right? Like, if the players don't want to touch the Campbell Cup for winning the West, don't touch it. That's cool. I saw this one from Matthew Kachuk, and listen, we know this is the way it works. He said about being superstitious, said the last thing we're going to do is be superstitious about not touching it. He goes, like, nobody said we were even going to make the playoffs. Okay. That was what, the last 10 days of the season? Right. I want everyone to, like, when people, I understand building a narrative like, eight seed. Looking back on preseason predictions, one, they won the President's Cup a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, they have 126 points. They were awesome. They made a bold move. They got a new coach, and they got a new star player in Palmo, and then Kachuk. Nobody said we're going to make the playoffs. Again, that with 10 days left in the season, okay, you're up against it. But expectations were there. I looked on NHL.com, their preseason prediction poll. 15 of 15 writers had them making the playoffs. Only 8 of 15 had VGK making the playoffs. Mm, well, they didn't make it last year, so people were still like, eh, we don't know what we got here. You know, And then uh, you know, letters down for the year, who the hell's playing goalie, right? A lot of questions. Uh, underdog story. A lot of questions. When's Eichel coming back? Yeah, the Panthers, 15 of 15, picked them to make the playoffs. 9 of 15, picked them to win their division. And uh, two of the 15 actually said they were going to win the Stanley Cup. There were – I'm not going to say no one because I'm sure there's someone out there who gets published somewhere. Anyone can get published now, which is a good thing. Someone probably picked VGK to win the Stanley Cup, but it was a, it was a long shot. So this Although is- by the odds board, they were 13 to 1. Panthers were like 9 to 1. Yeah. So both were not way out of the mix. So I found myself, I feel like I don't want to be like, a, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody's party. But Izzy Gutierrez was, before he works for ESPN, he he tweeted out yesterday the preseason like finals prediction polls. 
and he had Denver over Miami in seven. This was before the NBA season started. So it was very much like a slap myself on the back, and everybody was like, wow, what a call. How could you? But before the season began, the Nuggets were one of the top teams to win the West, and the Miami Heat were the one seed from last year. I actually think before the season began, it's a lot easier to make that prediction than it is right now, but you do get credit for it. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Company or at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to check in with Adam Hill as we go behind the patch on ESPN Las Vegas. I feel like we haven't had a behind the patch in so long. Well, Adam Hill's out today because, well, you know, he was traveling to Dallas, so we didn't know when he was going to be back. John Von Tobel stepping out, plus John was bringing in food, so he's always going to get the nod to do shows if he's bringing in food. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Good. What did he bring? He brought me some uh, antipasto. Uh, he he kind of he talked it down. Uh, I gave him a B plus. It just needed a little more kick in it, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, good. You can swing by my house on the way uh, back home. That'll be nice. Yeah, I'm not going out yeah, way out perfect. to so high. It's pretty far out of my way. <laughs> True. Fair. I mean, like cut right to the chase. Yeah, no favors. Sorry. <laughs> if you want something, you got. He uh, he pitched me some tomatoes, and I was going to drive down. So if you want food from his house, you got to go pick it up. That's fair. Actually, the tomatoes are off the table now that Sean has given you an idea yeah. on how to, what to cook with them. P1 Sean came up with some uh, olive oil and bucatini and a little bit of uh, chili flakes. So I know this is, all, this is all foreign to you right now. You have no idea what we're talking about with these recipes and how to cook. Yeah, very, um, co- very complex. Uh, I will say uh, any yeah. of that sounds good after being in Dallas where restaurants are currently closed at like 7 o'clock. So that was, uh, that was an adventure late at night down in Dallas. It's a little more sleepy than you think. Uh, yeah. Before we get to the game and what the arena was like, how much does Dallas even like hockey? Because it's going to be a question for me about uh, Florida and uh, Miami, but like, could you gauge an intensity, or li- did you finally see it when you were around the arena? No, only in the arena. I really? mean, we, we went out the night before. Um, we just kind of hung out in the district around the arena. Um, we just wanted to go down there and see kind of what was going on, get a feel of it. And uh, it was zero feel. There's actually – um, a little spot, I think it's called like the Chop House or something like that, right outside the arena. I mean, the, the front door basically touches. And it's a you know, sports bar type place. So we said, let's go down there, see what, the, see what it's like. And we started to walk in. It closes at 12. It was 10.15. And the manager came out and said, sorry, we're closing. Uh, nobody's here. Wow. And <laughs> there was four people sitting inside. And we were like, well, what, what about them? He goes, well, they've been here four hours. We're, we're trying to get them out. That's basically what he said. It was the only table in there. For the last couple of hours. So, I mean, did there was you, nothing around the arena. At any moment, did you try to take out your camera and do a Do You Know Who I Am video? Uh, no. Why would, it, why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. I'm going um, to speak about this back in Vegas. You may want to stay open. Yeah, well, look, I don't blame these people for if they don't have customers and trying to want to go home. Like, that, that's fine. Um, I'll also say, which something you would think is great, there was a Denny's attached to our hotel. And last night we got back from the arena, you know, close to 12, whatever it was, 1230. And they were closing. What? Uh, they, Wait, they, what? Said, they said they were having some maintenance issues in the kitchen, and they just decided to call it because nobody was in there anyway. So, I mean, that's that's what we're dealing with. Like, nobody's out uh, in Dallas late at night. It's it's just kind of a weird spot. And, yeah, it was a Sunday and a Monday, but it was a holiday weekend. I thought there'd be a little bit more jumping. It was not, um, you know, you go around town, you're driving around, you see signs and, you know, flags and stuff like that a little bit. But um, I wouldn't consider it a hockey town necessarily. 
Um, and, and he didn't really get a feel for it. But also the area where the arena is is not the most jumping part of town anyway, so it's kind of different. All right, what was it like in the arena 14 minutes into the game? Uh, 14 minutes, actually, they were, they were trying to rally. Um, I would say by the end of the second period, it was pretty dead. Um, and it actually, I, I think the way that it kind of ended gave them some time for acceptance, right? I mean, they were they were so rowdy and so into it uh, to start the game. And then even when it was one nothing, um, even at three nothing, you started to feel a little bit of, of down, you know, gloom, doom and gloom. But um, they were trying to rally, and then once it got to four in the second period, I think it was pretty much uh, they were done, and there were some boos, and then. The end of the game, they actually started to rally for the team and kind of give them their appreciation for the season. Like they almost had time to go through all the steps of, um, you know, of grief uh, by the time <laughs> the game ended, and uh, they were back. And at the end of the game, big ovation for the team and uh, kind of che- cheering for what they did during the season and uh, some appreciation. So it was kind of a weird thing to experience. Adam Hill is Sorry. up. It's all right. I got distracted and I didn't know where you wanted to go. No, it's all right. It's all right. Adam Hill is with us. He was down in. Dallas watching VGK just fly to a victory, 6 nothing. So what were the emotions like after the game with VGK? Because we heard about the uh, talk of not t- uh, touching the uh, Campbell Cup and, hey, we want to talk, you know, we're about the Stanley Cup here. Was it euphoric or was it kind of business-like after the game? Um, you know, we heard the music uh, coming from the locker room as we're standing outside waiting to go talk to the guys. And, um, you know, they're, they're playing, you know, they have uh, some Toto that they've adopted, which I'm sure is right up your alley. Um, they also were playing Dancing Queen at one point in the locker room, so I'm sure there was some celebration. I'm sure there was some celebration after we left uh, as well. I think they went out. They didn't come back until this morning. I, I think that's uh, public knowledge. I don't know, but they didn't come back till this morning, so um, I'm sure they spent some time in, in Dallas last night partying and celebrating it and enjoying it. Um, but it, I, I think it was, you know, there's there's a mix of people in that locker room. I mean, there's there's the guys, the original guys from the Golden Knights who – fell short of their goal. They, they brought in some guys in the last couple of years who have won Stanley Cups before, and they, they're bringing their perspective to it. But um, I think one of the things they kind of talked about is, you know, just not taking this for granted. Bruce Cassidy said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate this because you don't get this very often, and I want the guys to appreciate that you have to celebrate this because you don't get it very often. You don't just pretend it's no big deal and, and some, uh, you know, just normal victory when uh, obviously this is a major, major thing. Now, you have to be ready to play by Saturday for sure, but – um, you should enjoy it. You should you should kind of accept that a little bit and, and, and celebrate it a little bit. And I think you got that, but um, nobody was going to be overly, you know, pumped up during interviews or talking about it because I think they they understand this is not their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is still four wins away, but uh, they still do want to appreciate what they're going through. Should they be favored in the series? I don't. I don't know. I, I think. I think that they they want money on the other side because they are liable. Uh, against the Golden Knights a little bit, so um, I do think they're trying to attract a little bit of money on Florida, but I also do think for for me, the biggest factor in the series, more than anything else, is that Florida's been sitting for so long. Um, I, I don't like that for where Florida is. They got in such a role. They were playing at such a high level, especially Bobrovsky, who was just playing out of his mind. Um, for them to be sitting this long and not playing, I think is a massive disadvantage for them, so that's why I like the Golden Knights in the series. Um, I probably would have liked Florida in other circumstances, but um, I just think this situation favors the Golden Knights a lot. Now, I have talked to people who have covered Bobrovsky and people who have been around that team that said, no, no, he's a guy that prefers rest. He wants to be off. He wants to be well-rested well and refreshed, and that's fine. But I think this is pretty extreme in terms of how long they've been sitting out and how hot they were at the time. This has to probably serve to cool them down a little bit. 
How, how much is home ice in terms of its value? Like when we're talking about the series price and just overall what you think it means for them? I mean, I think it's, it's meaningful. Now, Florida does play in one of the biggest one of the biggest rinks in the entire league, so there's going to be a lot of people there, and uh, it's usually empty. But obviously, during the playoffs, it's been packed, and uh, people have been very, very fired up and excited. So, um, I, I think it's a much more intimidating environment than it usually is, and I think that their their home record isn't uh, maybe as, as good as it would be if this was their arena all the time. I think their home record would be better throughout the year, if that makes sense. And um, it's a much more intimidating environment than it usually is. So uh, that's pretty good for them. Obviously, the Golden Knights have a, a big home ice uh, factor here as well. But the Golden Knights have been good on the road all year long. Uh, I, I think that they're more than capable of going on the road and winning. Um, but, yeah, home ice, home ice is a factor. The Golden Knights have it. The fact that they have four games here, and in particular, the fact that they have game seven here in Vegas, if it goes that far, is, is a big advantage. It's, look, to, to me, it's... It's where's Bobrovsky's game going to be? Is it, if he going to play like he did the last three series, then Florida's probably going to win. And if he doesn't, if he has cooled off, or if he looks like you know maybe he did first first stretches in the regular season and um, and is not at that elite high level, then I think the Golden Knights probably win. But I think he is the biggest factor, uh, the most important player in the series is Bobrovsky. Adam Hill, Cofield and Company, Las Vegas Review Journal, was on the road for VGK at Dallas, the uh, clincher, six nothing. Are you going to South Florida, South uh, East Florida for this one? Uh, yeah, I guess it's more East, East Southeast Florida. Um, yeah, I feel like it's West. I feel like it's West Southeast because uh, it, it seems like civilization uh, civilization stops. It really does. Yeah. I'm mapping it here, and I was there for. I think I was there multiple times, but one time for a Herschel Walker Strike Force fight, and I didn't. I yeah, really. Um, there is an outlet mall there, Sawgrass Mills. Um, I am worried about you eating after the game, so it looks like there's a Bahama Breeze, a Rainfire's Cafe. Well, did I not see you at a Waffle House on I did. Instagram? I went to Waffle House. Okay. Oh, you held that back it, about Dallas. Okay, well, that moves I Dallas back up the it. charts. I don't follow you on Twitter that closely. It's Instagram. Instagram. It's oh, Instagram. Instagram. Oh, I'm on. IG. I'm on TikTok, man. Yeah, that's where we ended up because there's no other options. And I, I feel like if you're in the South, you do Southern things, right? So you go yeah. to you go to Waffle House. Um, what an experience. It's I love Waffle House mostly just because of, it's always chaos. There's always something crazy going on, um, and there was. Uh, for some reason, there was more employees than there was customers at the time that we went in there. And then somebody brought in, like, a pizza and some other side dish from Domino's and just left it for them and just walked out. Okay. And just handed it to the employees. I was like, okay, this is good. Also, it doesn't make me feel good that the employees aren't eating their own food, that they're eating, you know, food from pizza place. That was weird, so... Um, always interesting uh, to be at a Waffle House, but that's where we were. Uh, I can tell you exactly where we're staying in Florida. You can scout out the spots for me. I believe right next to the hotel is an Olive Garden, so that's good. Are you staying uh, at the Weston Fort Lauderdale Beach Resort? Is that your budget? I see that straight across Sunrise. Uh, no, we're actually staying in Plantation. Room number? Uh, don't know. I haven't checked in yet. Anyone wants a cold uh, call, if you need a guest, we have a lot of shows here are going to be looking for Adam Hill. I'll be at the the courtyard in Plantation. I'll just throw it out there. I don't care. There's an Olive Garden next door, and I'm sure there's other things, too. I think there's a mall there and a mall next to the arena, so... We're gonna be very, it's, very, uh, very good to go there, John. It's a weird, it's a weird place. That's oh, why I brought it up. So it's, it's like this arena just pops up in the middle of a residential uh, area, um, you know, with a with multiple malls here and and restaurants and whatever else. All right, so you missed. Uh, I, I was, oh, hold on, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll give you. A, I'll give because since we're talking about lodging, I'll try to tie this into actual yeah. uh, things. Uh, somebody that works for the I should not. Somebody that works for the dump, NHL. Dump, 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 dump. 
yeah, told me, told me uh, jokingly, yes. mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. you know what, I think the teams that are losing are losing when they go to Florida because the accommodations are so bad where the teams stay. And I checked, you know, I have sources with some other teams around the NHL, uh, Steve, and I checked with them. And without saying, I said, hey, when you guys are on the road, what's the worst hotel? And he said, oh, it's when we play the Panthers, no question, hands down, it's the worst. Um, He said, not only is it bad, but the food got so bad to the point where they now have to, uh, they now have to contract out to bring food into the hotel because it's just not, it's not up to standards for NHL players. And that's where the visiting teams stay when they go there because, as you're mentioning, it's such a weird location and there's really not great hotels around it. If you stay in Fort Lauderdale, it's, you know, it's like seven miles, but like 40 minutes because of traffic. And if you have to make two trips, you know, morning skate, you drive over, and then the game you drive over, I mean, it's your half your day is commuting. So you stay by the arena and it's not a good enough hotel. So players get miserable there. And that's been a factor, according to some people around the league, I think somewhat joking, but also somewhat truthfully. So the Knights are going to have to deal with that, uh, being in a hotel that not a whole lot of people love when they go down to Florida. So that could be something to uh, to maybe ask them about as the series wears on. I was going to suggest you missed all the Raider action, but you know you, you were on it. You were on it. Uh, right. What did you make of the addendum G <laughs> with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because we're hearing, a, we're getting a lot of there's nothing to see here. Well, then why wasn't it reported back when he signed the contract? That I mean, that's kind of a big deal when a guy signs a contract worth sixty five to seventy five million dollars that the team could be completely off the hook if. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Look. I, um, we talked about this last week. I wasn't surprised by the fact that he's hurt. I mean, I think that was built in. I think that was expected. I was surprised by the fact that this this, this new addendum was put in the contract, which leads me to believe, obviously, the team is a lot more concerned uh, than they let on. Uh, but it also leads me to believe if you, you know, if we're going to go, you know, multiple layers on this, I think the team is more concerned than we thought. But I also think Jimmy G is less concerned than we thought. Like, I don't think there's any chance on planet Earth he would have agreed to this if he didn't think he was going to be fine and good to go for the season. So I, I think that's one other way to look at this is that, um, you know, he's very, very confident, obviously, that he's going to be able to play and that he's going to be healthy and that the surgery is going to work and um, and he's going to be good to go by training camp, you know, if, if not a little bit earlier. So we'll monitor the situation for sure. But, you know, think back, and, and it's, you know, it's interesting to think back on now when, you know, we were all there for a press conference that never happened. And we waited all day, and they sent us home and said, this is not going to happen. And then they, they said, it's not a big deal. It's just some language in the contract. And I believe I went on with you and said, you know, it's clearly something with his foot. Um, and the team said, no, it's not. And other, some other people around said, no, it's not. But um, it was. And, you know, failed the physical. I think that's very important to note. You know, that he came in. He failed the physical that day. That's why there was no press conference. They worked out the language, the addendum G, now famous, the next day. And, um, I think he's more the confident he's going to be ready, and the team is concerned, and they've covered their bases. So um, probably a good thing, but also a little bit scary if you're a Raiders fan going into the season, potentially with Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell as your quarterback. Come uh, come late July, early August, that would be the time to do it. Who at the RJ is going to do the win-loss record by going through each game? Is it Does it have to be a columnist? Could it be Vinny? Is it you? Is it Ed? Do you guys not do that? I mean, I would think you guys do list on everything and you get incredible traffic on Raider stuff. Are you going to do a piece on what you think the record's going to be game by game? Well, see, I think I think we all discussed it. I'm not, not to give away what their thoughts are, but I think we all discussed it. I think we all actually landed on the same record this year. Ooh. 
No. Can I guess? Yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. Ed, you, and Vinny? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised by that. I believe that's true, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any – it was a couple weeks ago, but – What do you think? Um, I think we're all still on the same spot. I'm going to guess that you guys all settled on 13 and 4. <laughs> that's incorrect. Oh, okay. Inverse. Eight, eight, eight and 9. No. 7 and 10. Yes. Okay. But I, I, if if anything, I might get out of six and eleven. So. I was going to say because I've been asking everyone on the Raiders, you have to bet right now seven and a half unders minus one sixty. I mean, are you betting the over plus one forty? Uh, doesn't, no. doesn't sound like it if you're dropping a six. No, uh, yeah, I'm at seven, and if, if I much, it's much more late than I go to six than eight. All win total under six and a half plus price. I'm at John. I'm at six point seven five. Okay. All right. Yeah. Value on the under. Uh, one more thing on Florida, because we'll talk a lot about the Sunshine State, one of my favorite places, or was. Um, oh. When you travel there, I don't know what you're going to be doing late night aside you know, from finishing up stories. Because the game started, what, 8 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock Eastern? Uh, I think 7. Okay. Also, uh, you know, just the schedules do line up. So, I'll get there Tuesday night. The Heat play Wednesday and Friday. The nights are Thursday Ooh. and Saturday. All right. Mm. This is going to be good. We're going to give you a whole equipment pack. You're doing the show. Come on now. You got to do uh, some of it from also down there. It's, for, you know, for those we're just mentioning it, but it's like an hour away. Like the, They're not both in Miami. So people that are like, wow, Miami's going to be lit. Uh, no, yeah. uh, they're an hour away. They're, so. nowhere, they're nowhere near yeah. each other. No, you're <laughs> scouting out Lauderdale. Um, I did some scouting for you. I don't know what will happen. Uh, bottles of either Grey Goose or Tito's. Or, well, no, Grey Goose is 550. Tito's is 350. That is at the uh, famous place in Pompano, the Booby Trap. Oh, so like a Waffle House type place? Yes, that kind of place. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. So Florida has how a far, How far is Pompano from Plantation? Uh, straight drive across. Straight, straight, like straight east. Perfect. Yeah. 15 minutes. But that's that not the good. only place. Well, we, uh, we actually, you remember, we did live shows uh, back on the Fox station and probably a few on – ESPN 1100. I can't remember what station we're on from time to time, right? Mm-hmm. We've been on this one for like 15 years, but you're still uh, on 1100. We no, I know where we are now. Um, but we did. We we have some contacts down there, so if you need to set up your uh, your portion of the show, we'll get you hooked up. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, Adam. I'll, I'll for, do. I'll be live from the booby trap, as you call it. Well, I don't know if they're going to be open at oh, you know, okay. the, t- the time we need you. But they have an all host locos out there. Oh, okay. uh, they might. We have to do some research. We'll get we'll get them hooked up at a good spot. Adam, thank you. That was good. Talk to you guys. All right, so Adam says there is something to see with the Jimmy G contract. They, they, That's what I thought. I think a vast majority of people probably think that. Well, but there's a lot of other people telling us no. I think they're wrong. Oh, boy. Uh, we're only going to have like two minutes on the way back to cover the A's and the big uh, presentation yesterday. Come on. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Stick your hand in there, Dave. NBA Game 1 for the final starts Thursday. NHL VGK starts on Saturday. We'll celebrate the beginning of the finals in our uh, major sports here, our major winter sports over at Twin Peaks. Lindsey Brown's going to be at Twin Peaks on Eastern, just off the 215. That's this Thursday. She gets you ready for the NBA finals, and certainly you want to go out to Lindsey and talk some hockey because she is a hockey maven. Heat Nuggets start up on Thursday. Lindsey will be there for lunch, 11A to 1P, getting you ready for the big party 
later in the evening. Awesome happy hour specials. Appetizers start as low as two bucks. You got the big beer, 22 ouncer, for under four bucks, and 19 different shot specials for less than four bucks as well. So Lindsey Brown on the road, Twin Peaks. You can hear now on Raider Nation Radio, 920 on the morning show, but she'll be at Twin Peaks on Eastern on Thursday, getting ready for the NBA Finals and the NHL Finals. Good job today, Ari. Darren Dreger, excellent spot. Adam Hill, excellent spot. So is Miles Simmons and Sammy P. You can hear the show, the archives of the show at lbsportsnetwork.com. You can also go check out ESPN Las Vegas on Facebook. Video of the beginning of the show is up there. Facebook, Steve Cofield. Interview with Adam Hill up there, or just listen to the audio version, like I said. lvsportsnetwork.com. We'll see you.